Hey, the Jibe Bengan. Peace, brothers and sisters. Let's resume our series, A New Humanity. Today, our topic will be a path to harmony in the home. A gentle father, respectful children, and harmony between the master and the servant. Our passage can be found in the first nine verses of chapter 6. From chapters 5, verses 22 to 6 to 9, we're talking about the family life. The first 11 verses of chapter 5, 22 to 33 is about the relationship between the husband and the wife. Verses 1 to 4 is about the relationship between the parent and the child. And 5 to 9 is about the relationship of a master and a servant. In post times, both the servant and the slave lived with the master. So the master and servant relationship are still part of the family life. Of course, today we can apply these principles in the workplace. Today we'll be talking about these two relationships. One with the parent and the child, and the other is a master and a worker. Therefore, our topic is a gentle father, respectful children, and harmony between the master and the servant. Let's first talk about the relationship between the father and their children. From chapters 1 to 4. You can clearly see that there's two parts of these of this passage. The first three verses is a responsibility of the children. And the fourth verse is a responsibility of the father. Let's first look at the responsibility of the children. The first three verses. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you, and that you may enjoy long life on earth. Children have two responsibilities. First, they must obey their parents. Second is to honor their parents. Last year, I talked about a message about the family. The topic was a family after God's own heart. I talked about what it means to have a father, mother, and child, and wife after God's own heart. And I will not explain it today. If you have not heard this, you can go to our website and listen to these passages. Today, I would like to discuss two things. Is that how children should obey their parents? The first. First, this is a commandment from God. The first verse is, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. 
伫主内听堂父母，就是伫真理内面听堂父母。To obey your parents is to obey the Lord in truth. 这是对的。This is right. 英文是讲，英文是讲理所当然。英文是 for this right. For in Chinese it says this is right. 那所以我们顺听父母是照圣经真理的要求。So when we obey our parents, we obey it in the truth. 那主要说到教育先在做人。No, when Jesus became man, 已经为咱做家里留了一个真正好的模样，一个 example. He already set a very good example. In the earth as a child. 当耶稣十二岁，伊就看到几个新婚到耶路撒冷受这个 Passover 的时阵。When he was twelve and he and his family went to Jerusalem for the Passover, 伊留在圣殿内面跟律法书来谈论律法。He stayed in the temple to discuss with the teachers of the law. 圣经讲一句话。The Bible says, 听到的人都稀奇耶稣的聪明及耶稣的应对。That the teachers of the law were amazed with his understanding and knowledge. When the parents came, Mary said this. He said, "Son, why do you treat us this way? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you." What did Jesus say? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, Jesus did not say that. No, he did not say that. You didn't pay attention. I don't know if you noticed. In the Gospel of Mark, Jesus never said to his disciples, "In the span of four Gospels, Jesus never said the words 'I am sorry.'" Oh, you're saying Jesus is arrogant and self-conscious. You might say that Jesus is very arrogant. No, because Jesus never said anything. No, that's not the case because he has never made a mistake. So Jesus never said to his disciples. So there was no need to apologize. What did Jesus say? Why were you searching for me? Did you not know that I was I had to be in my father's house? A twelve-year-old child said such profound words. Did you not know that I had to be in my father's house? Many people who are fifty do not even bother to think about their heavenly father. But he at twelve has already mentioned this. But how does the Bible discuss this further? That both of his parents did not understand what he was saying to them, but he still went down to Nazareth with them and he obeyed them. What did the Bible say? They do not understand, but he was obedient to them. That the parents did not understand, but he was still obedient to them. Today, a lot of children are very smart. That even the parents could not understand what they're saying. And sometimes of a being, they would rebel. Children, you. No matter how intelligent you are, please remember. You must obey the Lord in truth. And this is the requirement of the law for us. Now it it just uh, additional. There's an additional command. That this is a command with a promise. What does it say? 
said in the Ten Commandments, this is the fifth one. Which is to honor your father and mother. So that you may have long life. So to honor your parents is a command. It is a uh, it is according to the truth. So this is not an optional choice. Of course, there is no law in this world that would penalize your children for not honoring their parents. But please remember, although the, there is no law that penalizes them, we should not assume that God will not judge the sinner. To fall into the wrath of God is very terrifying. Second, why should we obey our parents? Because there is a promised blessing. Verses 2 to 3. Honor your father and mother, this is the first commandment to the promise. I have once differentiated that obeying your parents and honoring your parents are different. To honor your parents is without conditions. But to obey your parents has conditions. We obey our parents in the Lord. So we have to obey them with what is true. If what our parents is asking us to obey is not in truth, as children, you have the right to say no. However, to honor your parents is without condition. What does this mean? It, says, it means even if your parents have an opinion that is not in line with the truth, we can say no. But we still need to say no in an honorable attitude. You should not shout, we should not disrespect them. We should honor them. And this is what makes the Lord happy. It says that the Lord will bless those children who honor their parents. So that you may have long life. Someone might ask, Is that true? Those who honor your parents will really live a long life. Now, this is a general promise. Of course, there will be exceptions to the promise. But if you notice this, a person who constantly rebels their parents. It is possible that this person might be more likely to violate the laws of the world. So he'll be more likely to break the law. And perhaps have a higher chance of death than others. I don't know who's uh, these type of people who operate in the black market. Like they would, they would, there are people who, who transact in weapons, swords or guns. 
Those people who work in the underworld may know that their lives are not long for this world. So there's always a statement that if you sow the wind, you will reap the whirlwind. The English is just a literal translation of this. But the meaning is that retribution will come to you. On the other hand, if a person who honors their parents and obeys their parents, he would be more likely to obey other people. Of course, uh, everything will be easier and they'll have a longer life. Of course, this is something that I believe as well. That that the Lord will bless such people as well. So that everything in this world would be more blessed and easier. Of course, there are exceptions again to this promise. But this is the, the promise for the children. But what are the responsibilities of the parents? Fathers do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in training and instruction of the Lord. Those who are fathers. Uh, in the Greek, fathers can also be translated to the parents. But because the father represents the home, so it represents the entire responsibility of parenting. But the father has the biggest responsibility. It says, Father, do not do this, instead, do this. Do not do what? Do not exasperate your children. What does this mean? In the simplest explanation, there is a Cantonese saying Do not agitate. Do not provoke them to anger. Like, do not provoke them to anger without any reason. You know, we, we, we as parents, we have the right to teach and discipline our children. And of course, this is the right thing to do. Because all of us, when we are born, we're all born sinners. But do not intentionally provoke or agitate. Now, the Psalms have a very interesting saying. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. As children grow up, they will be influenced by the sinful world around them. And there's a possibility that your children may grow more sinful. So, so therefore, you have to guide and discipline them. 
But do not exasperate them. How do we exasperate them? Such as to amplify their mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. Sometimes they break things. Or they spill things. Sometimes as parents, we, we scold them. When the children at my home would break things, I do not scold them. Because the thing has already been broken. What happens? What will happen if I rebuke them? Because I myself also sometimes break things. How come when children break these things, we call them stupid? But when Older people break things, uh, we say that it's an accident. Uh, doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. So, so do not amplify their mistakes. The second, how do we exasperate them? Making excessive demands. Especially as Chinese people. As Chinese people, we value their academic performance. And when they bring the report cards home, like if you get an A, that's acceptable. Okay, okay. La B stand for bad. B is for bad. C is for calamity. We don't even talk about uh, D or Fs. This is a unreasonable demand. The third, being authoritarianism. It's like you're not listening to other people's opinions. Everybody has to follow my opinion. So, my way is highway. Like my way is the only way. No other way. Of course, there are other uh, problems. Being, being overprotective. Failure to show appreciation. So as parents, we have to examine ourselves carefully. So we do not exasperate them. Second, is that we have to bring them up in God's truth. Do not exasperate them and also bring them up in God's truth. Let's see what the Bible says. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. The term bring them up also means to care for. I like this English word. People doesn't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Like this saying, people don't care how much you care until they know how much you care. It's the same with our children. We must use the Lord's teachings to train them up. To warn them. Because we love them. 
Do not be afraid to discipline your children. Just do not provoke them. But there's a principle we have to understand. What is this? We do not discipline them for their mistakes. We discipline discipline them for their rebellion. What's the difference between these two things? Everyone would make mistakes. But their mistakes can either come from ignorance or defiance. The first mistake might come out of ignorance. The second time might also come from ignorance. Commit the same mistake, same mistake, and same mistake. But if they continue to make the same mistake, this is no longer ignorance. This is intentional. This is rebellion. Because at, at, at their hearts, it might be self centered. In this case, as parents, we should not fail to discipline. So, may God help us. As parents, we have to be their example. We are not perfect. We also make mistakes. Therefore, we have to admit our mistakes. If children see that you're willing to admit your mistakes, they would also be willing to admit their own mistakes. Of course, as parents, we also have a spiritual legacy to pass on. Salvation cannot be inherited. But our spiritual testimony, our experience can be passed on. Paul has once said to Timothy in 2 Timothy 1.5 I am reminded of your sincere faith which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice and I am persuaded now lives in you also. The sincere faith was passed on from generation to generation. No matter how many children God gives us, we must dedicate all of them to God. Now this is the responsibility of the parents and the child. The second is the harmony between the master and the servant. Like this relationship. From verses 5 to 9. This passage should also be divided into two parts. Verses 5 to 8 talks about the responsibility of the servant. And verse 9 talks about the responsibility of the master. Let's first look at the responsibility of the servant. From verses 5 to 8. Now in these four verses, there are three words. 
there three, three, three words that appear three times. Just as like as if. Like and if. The NIV would translate it as just as like and as if. These three words tell us the three responsibilities of the servant. The first. To obey your master with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Let's look at verse 5. Slaves, obey your earthly masters with respect and fear and with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Sincerity of heart. This, this word simply means simplicity and singleness of the heart. In other words, being wholehearted. Paul wants to tell the servants, we who are servants, Listen to your master's orders with simplicity and with single-heartedness. Just as you would obey Christ. If a master had such a servant, then he would be very happy. You who are a master or a boss, what type of boss is the most unbearable? The type of servants that masters dislike the most are the ones who comply outwardly, but inwardly are unsubmissive. Yes, yes, yes. Like from the outside, he would say yes, but on the inside, he says no. This type of person is reprehensible. The Lord Jesus once gave a parable of the two sons. One time, a father told his eldest son, Today you work in the vineyard. The elder son said, No, I will not go. But the Bible says later on he had a change of heart and he went. And the father told the younger son, Go to the vineyard to work. The younger said, Yes, I will go. But the Bible says he later did not go. So this younger son did not obey with sincerity of heart. He did not obey the Lord or the Father with complete sincerity. This is something that the Lord dislikes. And of course, earthly masters dislike this as well. So we who are servants, we have to wholeheartedly obey our masters. This is the first one. The second. Serve from the heart as servants of Christ, not only when your master's eye is on you. Let's look at verse 
唔得，唔冇冇俾，只能目照树红，就土壤欢喜。就进入基督嘅仆人，对心内增加上帝嘅旨意。Obey them not only to win their favor when their eye is on you, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. 嗱，目照嘅树红，我可能是真最艰难嘅，叫做毛病，一个 mistake。To serve with only the master's eye upon him is usually their mistake. 真就是那个的主人来哦，主人在那里头讲个哇，大家是真骨力去做工。Usually, as servants, when the master is around, they're diligently working. 那就最后一块。We are working hard for him to see. 我那当头家还是你，你的上司无地下咯。But when your master or superior leaves, 哇，所以去去变多去抽骨咯。You will return back to your lazy ways. Because we forget one thing. That there is a master in heaven who always sees you. In the church, I serve as a senior pastor. So I have a lot of co-workers under me. Of course, they're accountable to the church in their work. But they're also accountable to me. So I am very attentive of the work of my co-workers. No one can work carelessly. But the problem is, I am a senior pastor. There is no one to supervise me. You might say, No pastor, there is. Oh, God is there. The, deacons, the elders are there. And the council is there. Let me tell you. They won't also supervise me. Unless, unless I make a sin. If I don't commit a sin, They will not supervise me. But in the span of 30 years in CBCP, I have not done anything carelessly for the church. There's only one reason. Because I know that God watches over me. So I don't want to be careless. Because I wish to serve the Lord, not man. This is an attitude that each servant must have. To serve the Lord as if as to serve your master as you're serving the Lord. So that because that is uh you have to seek the Lord's will in your heart. May God help you. The third. To serve willingly as if serving the Lord. Let's look at verse 7. To serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not people. There's a big difference between serving willingly and serving unwillingly. Those who serve unwillingly. As they work, they complain a lot. 
They're working on one hand, but on the other hand, they're complaining. But if you're willing to serve and to work, the more you serve, the more you work, the happier you get. Because I manage a lot of ministries in the church. I need to preach, I need to do Bible studies, I need to uh, conduct group meetings. And I also have to attend to a lot of church matters. So I seldom get to cook for my family. But I do like cooking. But there are times when I get to cook. My family would always make fun of me that, you know, my cooking requires a lot of steps. Of course, the food will come out better. But when I have time, I would go and make a dish. Of course, it would take a lot more time. But every single time, when my family enjoys the food that I cook for them, I also feel very happy. In the same way, if you work willingly for the Lord, that the, the work that you're doing will give you a sense of fulfillment. May God bless you. We can say that the chapter 6, verse 8 is a conclusion. Because you know that the Lord will reward each one for whatever good they do whether they are slave or free. This is a conclusion that Paul made. He said that if we do everything for the Lord, we will also be rewarded by the Lord. Of course, there's an important condition that we should obey our masters as if we're obeying the Lord. We're not serving uh, just for show, but we're serving from our hearts. We're serving willingly. And these people will receive the reward from the Lord. This is the responsibility of a servant. The last, verse 9, the responsibility of the master. In masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Do not threaten them, since you know that he who is both their master and yours in heaven, and there is no favoritism with him. For the servant, there are four verses. For the master, there is one. It seems unfair. But it is not. But there is a higher requirement for the master. If you look at the first part, Masters treat your slaves in the same way. What does that mean? 
木林嘅农作嘅责任，你做主人应的确需要上时遵守。It means all the responsibilities of the servant is the same. Of that of the master. What does that mean? Because we who are masters, we also have a master in heaven. Because we who are masters, we also have a master in heaven. So this master from heaven looks down upon us. In the eyes of the master in heaven, we are also his servants. So the responsibility of the master and the servant are the same. But there's an added responsibility for the master. So there's actually five responsibilities. So what are these additional two responsibilities? First, do not threaten your servants. Parents should not exasperate their children. Masters should not threaten their servants. It's the same thing. Do not threaten. Do not use your power to oppress them. In Paul's time, the slaves would be openly punished, sometimes killed. This was a very common thing. Paul told the Christian masters, We should not do this. We should treat our servants kindly. So it's, it's a big breakthrough. Of course, today we don't have slaves anymore. But we still have servants. We still have workers. So we should be kind and treat our workers well. And the most basic, do not defraud your workers. Of course, you can also treat them better. Whatever the secular world treats them, we can treat them even better. Back then, I had a, uh, a, I had a maid at my home. She came in my house very young. After she got married, she left our home. But before she left, she asked her sister to come work at our home. But when she got married, she asked me and my wife to become their wedding sponsors. And we accepted. I think this was a very important thing. Of course, we are not perfect. But we can try our best to be a good master. Do not defraud them. The second, do not show favoritism with your servants. Paul, who reminded the masters, he said, In heaven, we have a master. And he does not show favoritism. So we who are early masters should not show partiality. We know as parents we should not play favorites. 
有阵，阮的爸母哦，特别对某一个囝是某一个查某囝特别疼。But sometimes cannot be helped that the parent would like a certain child more. 同样有原因啦，有原因啦。There could be some reasons. 啊，可能这个囡仔特别疼，所以特别乖。Maybe this child is more obedient. 啊，可能这个囡仔特特别搞读册。Or maybe this child is good at studying. Ah, 可能这一家特别亲近老爸，特别亲近老母。Or this child is much like their father or mother. So he likes their parents more. 特别听伊。So we as parents like them more. 大家来记得。But please remember. 需要将这个来听，放在心内就好。We have to keep this within our hearts. 是基本的关心，基本的供给，拢中到上。When it comes to providing them with their basic needs, it has to be the same. We cannot give one ten pieces of clothing and one one piece of clothing. This would cause chaos in the home. In the same way, we who are masters, sometimes we play favorites with our servants. Of course, there's also reasons. Maybe this one works harder than the rest. But please remember, when it comes to their needs and concerns and rewards, it has to be the same. We must give them equal treatment. Those who has to be punished should be punished. Those rewarded, rewarded. Or your family or your business will be in chaos. May God take care of us. For there to be harmony with the home, the relationship has to start with the husband and the wife. Husband and wife, if that's not okay, The family will have problems. Let's all agree. After this, it has to be the parent and the child. Then the master and the servant. May God bless our families. Because the Lord is with our families. May we show that the Christian family is far more harmonious than the ones in the world. So we may glorify our Heavenly Father. May God bless your family, your marriage. Let's pray. Kun 为着你，一切都是为着基督。叫做做工，管每一个婚姻，每一段婚姻，每一个家庭，关上帝名，就管来中间呢个真大嘅荣耀。现在管来感谢，求管来基督，奉告主耶稣基督嘅圣名。Amen。第几遍礼拜，咱是同路美一个信息，一个是我所述路美持平嘅信息，因为所述第六章十九二十七，讲到一个真特别嘅身份，最基督。
个礼拜呢，来收上罗美这个 message 来结束。那这个呢，新人种这个系列的思想，下礼拜能够杀毒 ，God bless you。